Hello, late night listeners. Uh, this is Brian, and I wanted to let you know that we have a Patreon. It's a really fun thing. It's a great way to support the show, and it gets you access to all kinds of exclusive stuff. We have exclusive mini episodes. We have videos of me, for example, writing music for various things of the show. Leighton's doing all sorts of stuff, and it's just a really fun community. You also get access to our Discord if you sign up for our $5 a month tier or up. So uh, if you like the show and you like what you hear, please check us out over on Patreon. It's really a great way to to support us. Thanks so much. And enjoy Late Night with Brian Wecht. It's my Don Pardo impression. Yeah, we're back. So if you didn't listen to part one of best of 2021 that was last week well you're missing out because there were some real gems it's not called the best of because we just arbitrarily picked these it would be way easier if we had simply arbitrarily picked them though yeah now you might ask what the process was for picking these and it consisted of just looking at shit people suggested and being like yeah i think that was funny yes which by the way everybody who suggested clips for this and so lovingly provided timestamps for the moments oh thank you bless you Thank you. Especially when there were timestamps, it made these so much easier. In fact, all these had timestamps. Yes. Thank you. Y'all are the MVPs. Most valuable podcast Podcast listeners. listeners. Boom. Hell yeah. Same page. Now, I want to start this off. Let's not waste any time. God forbid we waste a single second of our lives podcasting. (laughs) We started off the last episode with an appearance from Vernon, and we would be remiss if we didn't do that for part two of best of 2021. Oh, I love that. Layton, can you pull up this clip from episode 58, The Weedening, definitely a highlight of our podcasting year. I can't believe that was this year. Yeah, right? Now they call me Dr. Puff Puff because that's what I do. I toke God's green herb every chance I get. I'm really into getting stoned. I love getting stoned Mm -hmm. now. What's your favorite weed strain? Oh, um, I like uh, PewDiePie's Revenge. (laughs) That one's pretty good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, what's yours? That's a strong sativa type situation there. Yeah, it makes a lot of mistakes and yet somehow it just kind of keeps going. (laughs) Do you want a bit answer or do you want a genuine answer? You can give me any answer you want. Here, tell me something and I'll guess if it's a name you're making up or not. Okay. Cherry pie. I'm going to say that's real. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, my, my two favorites are wedding cake and cherry pie, which are mm-hmm. both like similar, and neither of them has a fun name. There's like a Better Call Saul weed strain that I would buy if it wasn't a million dollars. Like it's an official real one? Yeah. Oh, wow. I don't know what the name of it is. It better be a Chicago sunroof. <laughs> yeah. If it isn't, then what the hell? Slippin' Jimmy? Slippin' Ganja? Slippin' Jimmy is pretty good. Hold on. Okay, maybe it's not an official partnership, but it's real. Yep, it's just called Saul Goodman, but the packaging's pretty fun. Oh, that makes sense. Considering that we did a weed episode and that we sort of had our late night State of the Union call the other day where we discussed potential other goals for our Patreon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know where I'm going with this? I do not. (laughs) Okay, great. So we were thinking, folks, that once we reach 666 patrons, Mm. 
that that's the devil's lettuce episode. Mm-hmm. And we shall once again embark on the weedening? The weedening part two, weed harder. Tokyo weed. God, I'm on the ball. Wow. <laughs> I'm on the ball today with bits. It took me a while to think about where that was even going. Because actually, Tokyo Drift was Fast and Furious 3. Shit. Too Fast, Too Furious was Fast and Furious 2. So that'll be the 6969 patrons, right? Yes, that's right. Okay. All right. Well, with just the pinnacle of comedy being established right there at the top of the episode, let's listen to this much funnier bit. Episode 58 featuring Vernon Shaw. Play in three, two, one. We have a lot of young audience members, and I think in the interest of setting a good example for these young audience members, and like, you know, not everybody lives in a legal state, you know, your brain's squishy until you're 25, and you know, the weed, it's already done irreparable damage to my psyche, etc. I think it's really important that we express to the children and the adults out there that doing drugs is not okay, even when it's for entertainment on the internet. Yeah. So I arranged a little something. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, Officer Shaw. Oh, oh, <laughs> so happy to be here. Hey, he can't hear us, can he? Oh, yeah, he can't hear you guys. <laughs> I like that you can't hear them. So, Officer Shaw, we're here today to talk to the children about how it might seem cool to do weed on the internet with your friends. It definitely does. To celebrate getting 300 patrons. Yeah. They're, they're, they're shoulder-deviling me right now, Officer Shaw, in case you can't tell because you can't hear them. All I can hear is the ingestion of Schedule 1 substances in the chat right now. And I gotta say, sounds like a couple people are going to jail tonight. Well, I just thought you might want to share your expertise with the young children in the audience as well as the young children who are also on this call that you cannot hear. So if you would lend us your wisdom. Oh, yeah, precisely. Listen, guys. Your ingestion of Schedule 1 substances such as marijuana will lead you directly into a life of... An influencer. ...prison <laughs> and terror. Here's what's going to happen, guys. Uh, you already touched the weed. We have video evidence. I don't know why you guys are doing this on Patreon. He rehearsed this, didn't he? But um, from everything I can tell, just from having worked on the forces for as long as I have, you guys are going to jail for a really, really long time, and it's really strange and really telling that you guys would be dumb enough to do this on uh, on a Patreon episode. I can't believe you guys. He knew this was coming. But don't worry, I'll be coming for you. And he didn't practice it. <laughs> also, as an officer of the law, I am obligated to tell you both, while you're high, that there is no place... He's literally committing a crime right now. <laughs> ...that is comfortable for your tongue to sit in your mouth. He's impersonating a police officer. <laughs> what he's doing is way more illegal. So you are also now breathing manually, and you will breathe manually for the rest of your life. Did I also mention you will be this high forever? <laughs> he's right, kids. I think he's committing a felony. <laughs> I legitimately think Vernon is committing a felony. It's a damn shame. We had two promising young men here with a bright future ahead of them, and they were all away to get high. Layton, ask him questions about his record as a police officer. Really get him to commit to being a police officer. <laughs> officer Shaw, so you can give us a little bit of perspective for the kids so they know to respect your expertise in this field. Can you tell us how long so you've been great. an officer? The children ask. What city? Oh, yeah. What city? Yeah, I've been an officer for Who's a very your supervisor? Long time. off in the forest, taking down punks like these guys. For their dope. He's going to jail for this. And you know, you, you just <laughs> work your way up in the forest, busting dope scenes like this. And now I have a slightly personal vendetta against these two who appear to be taking this 
entire situation. They don't think they serious, do they? Get him to identify himself as Officer Vernon Shaw. <laughs> Make him say those words. They don't think this is serious at all. And what city he's in. Thing is, Ask him his rank. God knows. <laughs> sorry, I'm so sorry to interrupt you, Officer Shaw. Would you mind giving us your rank as officer? Oh, uh, thank you. Uh, I am a sergeant? <laughs> yeah, that's what I am. So your rank and name is Police Officer Sergeant Vernon Shaw? So your police rank and name is Sergeant Officer Vernon Shaw? Can you repeat <laughs> yeah, that for yeah. me? I'm sorry, what was that? Sorry, what? Uh, you had a little fit right there when you were about to say what you're full. <laughs> no, don't mind that. Don't mind that at all. I'm not doing shit till he says it. Another thing about these punks that are going to jail <laughs> is that they obviously obviously don't understand or respect or even in the slightest obey society. Just get him to confirm. We need a verbal yes. You are a police officer. I'm going to need you to verbally tell us and identify yourself as Sergeant Officer Vernon Shaw. Okay. I don't understand where this is going, but you rarely understand where this is going when someone's high. It's not a bit. It's a crime. I'm Sergeant Officer Vernon Shaw. (laughs) Yes. He's fucked. He's fucked forever. (laughs) Thank you very much. That's very useful. This is great. Leighton, say, this has been a sting. You are about to be convicted of impersonating a police officer. I think that they're really, really responding. Answer the door. (laughs) Really, really responding to your message, Officer Shaw. I'm going to text him right now. Keep him on the line. They have no future ahead of them. In fact, I would say that they already threw away the future of the first time they touched that dope. You know, when I was an officer in the data program back in the late 90s, early 2000s. Real quick, how old are you? And how long have you been um, on the force? It seems like you guys are just like trying to ask me a lot of questions about my credentials for actually being an officer. And that just really sounds like what someone would say if they partook in a habit that, I don't know, funded the Taliban. I sent him the following text. You just impersonated a police officer. <laughs> Felony, bitch. Fucking got you. Uh, I just got a text from an unknown party saying, you just impersonated a police officer. Felony, bitch. Fucking got you. How high is this man? How high has this man gotten? I can't disclose, Officer Shot. I'm stone cold sober. I just respect the law. <laughs> You've proven yourself. Hang up. Hang up. To- How do you know I'm not a cop? How do they know I'm not a cop? How do they know I'm not a cop is not a good thing. Fraud <laughs> This is fraudulent. Whoever the brand character is has no power over me. And because cops are never prosecuted. <laughs> Just say this is fraud officer Leighton Gray of the NFQC, which is not a thing. I don't know what that acronym stands for. Yeah. Brian, that means I'm going to get caught for fraud. But I think the more important thing is that not only are these men going to jail, but they're going to hell. You know what? That's right. Hang up on him. Okay. Thanks, Officer Shaw. Can you give me an AK? Anytime. Anytime. I can help. Listen, just like everyone knows that Brian and Jarek are high, everyone knows that you're high, officer, quote unquote. High on defending the law. Oh, you don't know that. This sound of bubbling water could just be tobacco. You don't know. Okay. All right. Can you give us an ACAB real quick? Yeah, I'll call Sebastian, obviously. Incredible. All right. Thank you. (laughs) I love that bit. Once again, totally unplanned, except for the calling, Vernon calling in. But Mm -hmm. the finding in the moment that we could try to get him for a felony offense. Oh, what a fun thing to just pop up. And successfully nabbing him for it. I mean, I know that prison life, I think the structure has been good for him. Yeah, he's in really good shape, too. 
I'll say that. And he's made lots of fun new friends. Yeah. I really feel like Vernon would thrive in prison. Honestly, you're not wrong. (laughs) He loves discipline and structure. Yeah, I think you're totally right. All right, great. Well, I am really pleased with how that bit came out. My favorite quote from that, it's not a bit, it's a crime. (laughs) Hell yeah. Yep, 1,000%. Okay, moving on to our next clip. We have a beautiful little tidbit in this list, simply titled breastcancer.mp3. Oh yeah, let's listen to that. That's a fun one. This is from episode 64 with guest Defunct Lands, Kevin Perjurer. And Kevin was so much fun to talk to. I'm thrilled he was able to do it. And here's a little clip from that. Three, two, one, play. I got my car detailed. Oh, nice. And that I had not done since buying it. It was a used car, so it already came with like a good amount of dust and stuff. And it's a black car, so the dust is extremely noticeable. So it's been years since I got the car and I got it used. And so I actually got really good detailing for the first time. I'm like, wow, this almost looks like a new car. I've never owned a new car before. So this is like the closest thing I've gotten. So I'm like, wow, every time I get in the car, I'm like, look at this car. That's awesome. Those are my three. Can I ask a very naive question? Because I've never actually known what this means. Detailed is just a very thorough cleaning. Is that what it is or what? That's what I think. I took it to a place. I said that it is dirty and they charged me an amount of money and then it came back to me clean. I don't know what they did. And it was like super clean. It's like super clean. Like you could not do it yourself with a vacuum. They have special tools. They have special techniques that they use to get into certain things and to like polish. I have leather seats in my car. So like there were some stains on the leather. And obviously like, I don't think I could have figured out how to do that. They have like chemicals that get out stains and leather and repair leather and stuff like that. So it's like they get it to as close as new as possible. And in a million years, I don't think I could have done what they did. That's interior detailing. On the outside, I assume it's the same thing with exterior detailing, but that is my next venture once I decide the outside needs it again. I'll just keep going back and forth and be like, look at the outside. Now look at the inside. It's new on the inside Mm -hmm. and old on the outside. Now it's old on the inside and new on the outside. And then eventually, maybe someday, I'll just buy a new car. And then you get it detailed so it looks like a shitty used car, you know, just to spice it up. I would like a reverse detailing, please. (laughs) You can get dirt painted on it. That would be dope. Right. As if I'd just been off-roading. Like, I went mudding with the boys. Yes. <laughs> you know, which is the vibe I think I give off. I love that. I'm going to run a car detailing service where, like, you can choose the mystery bumper sticker package, and I'm going to construct an identity for you and slap a bunch of bumper stickers on that are, like, very, very specific. Mm-hmm. Such as? Honk if you love titties, <laughs> plus a Confederate flag. Wow. Random amount of kids in the window. Yeah, totally. But it's one of the ones where they're all wearing Mickey ears, just really forming a certain persona. One of those coexist stickers, but it's all like nerd uh, symbols. If you've seen those, they're terrible. Is there one with all nerd symbols? Yes, there are several. People definitely would buy that. Yeah. Does that exist? Did we just make a million dollars? No, it unfortunately exists in many forms. (laughs) But yeah, the service is, do you want to decrease the value of your car and also your overall social standing? Well, Hit me up, Layton's Detailing Service. (laughs) I have never liked something enough to put a bumper sticker on my car of it. To me, that's a pretty high bar for me to clear before I'll put a sticker on my car. Well, I think it's also sometimes it's not that you'd like it enough. Like, I don't think people love breast cancer. (laughs) (laughs) I think they're also trying to raise awareness sometimes. But also, I agree. I don't care about anything enough. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, thank you. Maybe that would have been the better way to say it. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Guys, if you are a huge fan of breast cancer, please let us know. <laughs> breast cancer stands, hit us up. Oh, God. I'll just say it. <laughs> I like breast cancer. <laughs> okay. There's our soundbite. Controversial take. Kevin Perger is a bad person. Yo, I'll yeah. just say it. I like breast cancer. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's groovy. I can't believe you gave us a clean take of that when we didn't even ask for one. It was perfect. Yeah, there you go. Do we get that? Do we get yeah, yeah, we, yeah. yeah. on the record. <laughs> what a delightful clip. Very fun. I was so excited to get Kevin on that episode. Yeah, he rules. He just has the best voice. I love his channel. Also, just extremely funny dude. Literally, this has never actually been a problem, but due to anxiety, I'll be like, oh no, what if we like can't keep conversation going with a new person? What if it's not fun? It, it literally is always funny, but he was just hilarious, and I think that episode's great. Yeah, we really haven't had a single guest on where it's like, oh, come on. You know, in part because we probably reach out to someone that we thought wouldn't be awesome. But even the people we don't know are just very honest and open. And Kevin, you know, we, we had like some DMs and that was pretty much it. And he came on and he was just so fun and down to earth. I love that conversation. Yeah. All right. What's next? What's next? Oh, there are a couple acronyms here and I want to hit one of them first. This clip from Jim Roach's episode, episode 87. We talk a bit about the songwriting process for... Ninja Sex Party. And there's a, you know, as usual, I have amazing ideas. And uh, I have amazing ideas for Ninja Sex Party songs, as well as literally everything else. And this is about one of those amazing ideas. So, Layton, please pull up a clip from episode 87, EAGM. Oh, it's up. Three, two, one, play. We had a song that we just harassed Danny with for 10 days when we were working <laughs> a couple months ago. I don't know if we'll say it, but Brian has this brilliant song title that's aggressive. I'll say it. It's called Eat Ass, Get Money. Eat Ass, Get Money! <laughs> I really, really, really wanted to write this song. Jim even put a beat together for it. Oh, we He's have like, the tracks done. Eat Ass, Get what? Money! <laughs> eat Ass, Get, get Money! <laughs> He asking money if you think it's funny. I, there was another hook yeah. we had that we wrote yeah, at the yeah, beach because yeah. Brian and I would go body surfing every day together, which was totally appropriate. It was really fun. It was yeah. so fun. We had so much fun. That sounds like a fake sentence, truly. Yeah. You two body surfing? <laughs> yeah. We'd just sit there on the beach and go, hey, here's something funny. And then first thing out of Brian's mouth or my mouth would be like, Danny will hate that. Yeah, always. <laughs> Always. He's the gatekeeper of probably a lot of really terrible ideas. But I will say, we had all these terrible ideas, as we do. And then I think at one point toward the end of the week, we're like, you know what? We just need to start a fake band that no one knows who it is. And then yep. we put these out so we don't get crucified. It's like our, our meme rap bullshit. Yes. And just put it out there. Very low production value. Don't overthink anything. I feel like there's a place for that. Never publicly acknowledge or admit we have anything to do with it. Keep our names as far. I mean, obviously, if the song ever comes out, you'll know who did it. But yeah. <laughs> and then there was verse two was eat money, get ass, I think. Yep. Right. And then somebody corrects you. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Like, no, man. It's eat ass, get money. Yeah. And then there was like a E-A-G-M-E-A-G-M-E-A-G-M-E-A-G-M. Like a little chant kind of thing. Then there was step one. Eat ass. Eat ass. Step, <laughs> Step two. two. Get, get money. money. Eat ass. Get- 
And we did this like children for 10 days. And then be like, hey, Danny, <laughs> hey, Danny, we have a new song idea. And he'd come out of his room. Yeah, what is it? And we just like hit play. And it's like, yes, you have money. And he's just like, <laughs> turn around with no expression and just walk away from us. I think there's something there. It's, it's too good. That's magic. Thank you. I don't use the word genius very often, Brian. Yeah. <laughs> it is genius. Yep. That was one of those. Yeah, I think we were body surfing. I think it was at the beach. I remember walking out of the ocean just thinking, eat ass, get money. Oh, is that where it happened? <laughs> or it might have been in the room. I can't remember. I believe it was. And I, I believe you prefaced it with, hey, Jim, you want to get super rich? Yeah. <laughs> I have this song idea. You're going to have to eat a lot of ass if you want to get super rich. Because guess what's going to happen? <laughs> Dude, that's so good. So yes, as with all of my ideas, I legitimately believe in this. I think Eat Ass, Get Money could be an amazing song. An amazing song. I agree. I see no reason not to do it other than the fact that we don't have a time machine to go back to maybe 2017 when that would have actually hit. Listen, Eating Ass never goes out of style. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) But it did have its heyday, you know. Yes. (laughs) Sorry. There was no second part to that. (laughs) No, there wasn't. Great. (laughs) Okay. Eat ass, get money. Yes. For Christmas, I did try to get Jim a shirt, a custom printed t-shirt that said eat ass, get money. And I just, for some reason on the site I was looking at, it wouldn't let me print that. And I don't know if that's because I wasn't navigating it right or it just has very good content filters. Buddy, I have run into this exact problem in Christmas past where I just had to stop banking on getting a customized item, perhaps last year. I wanted to get a customized Zippo lighter that said, the world is come. Mm. And several stores would not let me do that. (laughs) Jim, for Christmas last year, got some very nice lady to like sew, like needlepoint, me a little sign that says, y'all want to do any cums? Which is very sweet. That's precious. Yes. And she was very game and happy to do it. So, you know, there's a little bit of an underdog that's a presence in our late night episodes who I don't think is represented in these clips partially. I mean, he is represented in that you feel his spirit in the room, but the Jeremy Renner modesty pillow is a firm and solid presence in the show. It's true. Yeah. You can feel his, what's what I'm looking for? Moderating effect <laughs> on a lot of what we do. Without that pillow in the room, I would be off the fucking rails. Yes. But I look at that and I think, would JR be okay with this? And <laughs> if it's not something JR would do, I won't do it. You know? WWJRD. Yeah. That's right. Speaking of acronyms. Well, yes. Okay, so we have to do this. The other acronym, and we have two from this episode. We recorded an episode with the amazing Alpharad, Jacob, and first of all, that guy is just a, such a sweetheart, and I love him. He's so, so funny, and this episode was like one weird tangent after another, and at the very, very end of the episode, somehow it came up that I used to not understand a very particular acronym. So we're going to hear my explanation of that right now. Before we play it, I just need to say that the this segment of the episode started because apropos of nothing, Jacob was just like, Moms love me. Oh, that's right. Yes. Okay, here we go. 
Relatedly, no, I feel like I have to say this is <laughs> I misunderstood what a MILF was for a really long time because the first time I ever heard it, I was walking on the beach with a friend of mine and it was like, I'd say a woman in her early to mid twenties and then her mom who was in her like fifties or something. Nice. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> this, this was a while ago. So I was probably 25 or something at the time. We were walking past these women on the beach and my friend turns to me and says, MILF. <laughs> Just the one word? No Just sentence? MILF. Oh, okay. And I was like, what? Any gesturing? This is what I'm, I'm getting to. And this <laughs> makes me seem like such an idiot, but I think about this every time someone says MILF. I was like, MILF? I don't know what that is. So this is before MILFness was in the pop culture, okay? For context, this is probably <laughs> the early 2000s-ish. Mm -hmm. So I say, MILF, I don't know what that means. And he goes, oh, mom, I'd like to fuck. <laughs> now, my interpretation of this was, this is something that the daughter, the young woman, was saying to her mom about us, as in mom, comma, I'd like to fuck. No. <laughs> <laughs> Why would he have an acronym prepared for that moment then? Well, that also was my question. And <laughs> at the time... It's not M comma ilf. Most acronyms don't include the commas. <laughs> no, okay, no, I'm back. I'm back in it. I'm back in okay. it. And he said that to me and me. Mother. Yes, mother. I, I'm prepared to fornicate. I, I hear mom, I'd like to fuck. Process it in my brain as mom, comma, I'd like to fuck. And just continue on with our conversation. Ne never really pausing to ask why that's a thing that he said. <laughs> but it made sense. Okay, I'm not trying to defend my interpretation, but again, this was not like a child she was with. This was like an adult daughter and her adult mother. You know that thing that daughters and their mothers always like to talk about and talk about so much that they have to have an acronym Okay, for. but by the way, by the way, my brain was like, oh, well, she would never say that to her mom, and that's why it's an acronym. Right? Because she has to kind of hide it because it's not a cool thing to say to your mom. Mom, I'd like to fuck. Right? Is she has to go like in her mind, which I guess she, I thought she was like communicating. This was the point of the acronym is my friend was like communicating telepathically with her. He's like, this is the vibe I'm getting from this young woman. Like, mom, comma, I'd like to fuck. You were doing mental Olympics <laughs> to figure this one out. Now, you have to admit, when I say it out loud, it makes a lot of sense. <laughs> Brian, you have just single-handedly ruined MILF for me. You've strengthened it for me. Thank you. <laughs> the point is there's two acronyms. There's M-I-L-F and M comma I-L-F. Yes. One yeah. is a noun. One is a request. Thank you. <laughs> right. That's right. <laughs> oh. right. That one got me so good when we recorded that I was walking my dog hours later and just like silently laughing for multiple blocks in a row thinking about it. Yeah, I come back to it a lot. You know, it's one of those things that I've been thinking about for whatever, 15 years or whatever it was since I of course. thought it as like, oh man, you know, what, what an idiot I was. And then getting to share it on the show with you and Jacob was, it was a really special moment. Yeah. What other special moments do we have here in store for us? Here's one I like. This is from episode 74. 
this is one of the few episodes this year where we responded to listener questions. And we responded to a question about tablecloths and uh, I think had some fun things to say about them. So this is from episode 74, no guest, just you and me. And uh, here we go. Here's one. This one really threw me for a loop. Okay. Someone wants us to rant about tablecloths. Oh, I really liked that one. Do people hate table? Uh, clearly this person does. Oh, hold on. I'm going to read this tweet. I cannot be the only one who feels personally slighted by the existence of tablecloths and over-toasted bread products. Crumbs getting stuck in your arms over a tablecloth like tiny knives is one of the worst sensory experiences on earth, followed closely by eating shrapnel toast. But aren't those two separate things here? No, they're talking about the specific phenomena of like you're at a nice restaurant, you got a nice tablecloth, and you're eating that free basket of bread. Mm -hmm. So the crumbs are everywhere, and it's not fun. I'm with this person. I agree. I have nothing else to say about it. They're just right. I, I couldn't disagree more strongly. It, it's a tablecloth. What's wrong? It protects the table. It's good to have. Like, if you have a nice table, you want to put a tablecloth on it. Well, I don't care about a fucking table. I put things on it. I don't need it to look nice. Well, you don't own a fancy restaurant. You are not the owner of a fancy restaurant. If you were the owner of a fancy restaurant with fancy tables, you'd want to put a cloth on them. But doesn't it make you feel like a messy little bitch when you're getting your crumbs everywhere? You are a messy little bitch if you're getting your crumbs <laughs> everywhere. Eat better. <laughs> if you can't eat without spewing crumbs out of your gob, that's not on the restaurant. <laughs> no, I actually am very anti-cloth tablecloth. It either needs to be vinyl like in a pizza parlor or it should be brown paper so you can draw on it and they give you crayons. First of all, this just said tablecloths in general. It didn't say cloth tablecloths. This is true. I mean, the existence of tablecloths. Now, I will agree. At some point, people do get too precious with tablecloths, just like people get too precious with coasters, where it's like, all right, okay, here's a Jesus Christ. Calm down. It's like, I don't need to put a coaster under this fucking drink if it's on some shitty marked up table. Like, calm down with the fucking coasters, all right? I'm just putting my can here. But that's fair. If you have a beat up piece of furniture, for example, our coffee table, that thing was purchased at a secondhand store for 20 bucks. Like, I'm not going to ask you to put your drink on a coaster before putting it on that coffee table. Sometimes you get people who are like, you cannot put a drink down without a coaster going underneath it. And I understand if it's like a nice piece of furniture. Yes, you want to protect it. But some people really, really go way over the line with their coaster usage. I mean, anytime I'm at anyone's house, I'm immediately like, hey, do you have a coaster? Just because I don't want to be rude. It is a courtesy to ask. I completely agree. But I feel like there is a, you know, you have to gauge the level of beat upness of the furniture first, <laughs> right? Like a shitty folding table does not require a coaster. I mean, and, and it's also drink dependent, right? Like if it's something that's completely lukewarm, like a bottle of water, it's fine. If it's like mm -hmm. a sweaty condensation, ice water, yeah. the rings on my desk, not that I actually care, but there are a lot of rings on my desk from sweating water. But also my coffee table has a huge black burned hole in it. So maybe I'm not one to talk <laughs> about this. Look, I'm not anti-coaster. I just think sometimes people need to chill out with it. All right. You know what? I started using coasters more once I started doing resin crafts because pretty much the easiest thing to do is coasters. And then you just wind up with a fuck ton of coasters. That makes sense. I'm staring at my one that has little swords in it and I love it very much. That one is really funny because after we recorded this episode at some point, Brian, are you there? Yep. Okay, great. I was just respecting you by not talking over you. You're being a very good ally. Thank you. That's what I do. I have a really beautiful, like, hutch. If you've ever watched a video version of this, it's a beautiful, like, turquoise, nice thing. 
And, you know, I try to take good care of it. It's got a little bit of the shabby chic shit going on. I also frequently fry spam. And sometimes Mm -hmm. I like to bring my spam into the living room to have a little snack. But I did that and I left hot spam on a paper towel on the top of this beautiful little hutch or whatever. Um, And now there is a permanent spam stain (laughs) on it. Wow. So yeah, I'm a classy lady, folks. File that under, why am I single? (laughs) Uh... Cool. Yeah, I like that one. That was definitely one where I was like, should I be calling generic person eating a bitch? And I was like, "Uh, I guess Layden said it first, so it's fine. (laughs) Girl bossing, dude. That's right. You're just girl bossing. It's what I do. And as you said, as I am an ally, I was respecting your term that you used. You were following my lead. That's right, which is what I do. Hashtag guest like gatekeep girl boss. That's what it is all about. You've now hit two of the three. Do we have any clips where you gatekeep things? Well, I've never gaslit anyone. <laughs> so I don't think I've done that. Girl boss, I can't claim to be a girl boss. I can be an ally to a girl boss. You can be accessory to a girl boss. That's right. And then gatekeep. Yeah. Have I ever gatekept? Roll the tape, Jarek. Yeah, right. (laughs) Okay, moving on. Let's move on to this episode. This is episode 85 with a wonderful repeat guest, Susie Burrow, who is one of my favorite people and always fun to talk to. And in an episode where we were talking about Halloween-y shit, a bunch of Halloween-y shit happened. And it was truly unprecedented. And I think, I believe as the kids say, spoopy. Nope. Roll the clip. You're on a rhythm, so you just look at the clock every day at the same time, and you're just seeing the same time. Right. And how much are you forgetting the times that you look at the clock and it's not that? Yeah, Yeah, you get the confirmation bias. bias. Right. Exactly, yeah. (laughs) But I will say, ever since I heard about that, I have been seeing repeating numbers. So I think there is something to that of like, now I'm looking for it. You know what I mean? So (laughs) The numbers got her. Oh, no. Uh Uh-oh. This says offline. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. What? I can see you guys. What the fuck happened? How can we see you, but it says offline? <laughs> oh, that's so fucking funny. We're talking about numerology and which shit. <laughs> Susie just dips. Oh, my God. I wish you could see this right now. It's counting down, but it got stuck on zero, and zero is going zero, zero, <laughs> zero. No, really? That was fucking weird. And of course, your lovely host, Leighton, is going to be doing a presentation at the show. So love to promote that on the show today. Very excited. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, as we're saying this, something just fell off of my desk. God damn it. (laughs) Wait, oh, I've lost connection to the server. Can you guys still hear me? I can can still hear you. It seems fine on my end. This is weird. Success. Reconnected. Okay. (laughs) We had something kind of creepy happen here the other night. I've never had anything paranormal happen in my house before, but something happened the other night. Tell us. So I like to collect oddities. 
I like to collect antiques. I really like anything that's old and especially things that have to do with death. So in France, they have these things called family mausoleums and crypts. And I'm sure you've seen them before, but for anybody who hasn't, it's basically like a big concrete room where they put the body in for a funeral and then they leave it there to decompose. And then after a year or maybe the next family member passes, they scrape you down and they put the next body there and they'll take the name plaque off the door and put the new name plaque on. Scrape me down, daddy. Scrape down this corpse. Real quick, Leighton, can we get that clean? Scrape me down, daddy. Scrape me down, daddy. (laughs) We'll get one from me too. Scrape me down, daddy. See, that was a different read. You had like different emotion behind it. I did. Mm -hmm. All right. Sorry to interrupt. No, that was a great addition to the story. Thank you. Scrape me down, daddy. We pushed the body down the bottom, put a new body in. Um, So I bought someone's name plaque that was on a grave from the 1800s from France. And this person's long gone. I'm not taking it off someone's grave. It was just a name plaque from a family mausoleum that just doesn't exist anymore. So I had this, I got it December last year on antique store. As soon as I brought it into the house that night, I was going to bed. This was normal. I go into sleep with my cat in my arm. Aaron's downstairs playing video games, you know, as you do. And I heard this buzz noise. Like this is, so like it got my attention to look up and right when I looked up, I have like a curtain rod on my bed and I hang hangers on it when I'm doing laundry, but I heard a buzzing noise. So I looked at it and one of the hangers flew across the room and I have no idea how this happened. I'm not a paranormal person. So I pick up my phone and I'm like terrified. So I text Aaron. I'm like, can you come here? Um, <laughs> and Aaron comes up and I'm like, is there a hanger on the floor over there? And Aaron's like, yeah, there's a hanger on the floor. Why? And I'm fucking petrified. So I explained this to Aaron. I'm like, okay, whatever. Maybe I was just tired and falling asleep, whatever. Right. But then the other night, Aaron comes to me and he's like, Hey Susie, like something strange happened last night. We were in bed and just like a hanger just like fell on the ground next to the bed. And I make sure there's no hangers on the bed anymore. So I have no idea where this hanger just materialized and just landed on the ground in the middle of the night and clanked on the hardwood floor next to our bed petrifying but yeah i have no idea what that means but wow. that happened mm-hmm. right when the plaque was underneath our bed right underneath oh. the house so i attribute it to that it happened around the same time that came into our house so yeah wild i don't know if i believe in paranormal things but i just think that's weird i was gonna ask can we just take a vote where we all stand here's the question <laughs> so i recognize maybe this is not a yes or no thing Mm-mm-mm. do ghosts exist yes or no Layton. <laughs> I think in terms of questions that you could boil down to a yes-no binary, that is maybe the most insane question you could try. (laughs) Oh, no. Holy shit. Did Susie's box disappear? Because now I only see you. Wait, I can still see her. Wait, really? I can't see her. Like, she just dropped both times. Am I here? Can you guys hear me? This is insanity. What? Holy shit. Susie, this has never happened. This has never happened. Layton, you cannot see Susie. I can't see Susie and I can't hear her. What the fuck? What is going on right now? (laughs) Uh, Guys, we're not doing a bit. (laughs) So everybody listening, what happened there is right after I asked, do ghosts exist? Susie dropped out again. What? (laughs) You just got to stop asking my question. I don't know if we can answer it on stream. Now Layton's gone. This is so. I am baffled here. Ghosts can like zap 
energy and batteries out of computers and stuff. Like whenever you see like ghost hunters and stuff, they like zap their like, yeah. I wonder if something like that is happening. Okay. So everyone listening, I asked a certain question and then we lost somebody. I'm going to try to ask this question again. And if we lose somebody, I mean, that experiment has been repeated. <laughs> Three times. Yeah. So here's the question I'm asking. Now I'm, I'm actually nervous this time. Do ghosts exist? Are we all still here? Yes. Yes. I'm confirming that we're still here. Okay, great. Well, when this first started happening, it was because I was saying that that's maybe the worst question you could boil down to a binary. Cool, and now cool. I'm even more reluctant to answer the question due to the strange goings on right now. And I feel like just, you know, if there's any uh, energy that's here that's not us, uh, I totally believe in you and you're doing great. You're doing super good, guy. It sounds like a yes. That's a gun to the head, yes. A recurring theme here is finding stuff in the moment to mm -hmm. talk about. And that like, are ghosts real thing? Very fun. A plus. I wish that people at home could experience, because from my end, when Susie was dropping, she was just gone. And I could not hear her when she was speaking. You know, who knows? Maybe ghosts are out there. I was really hoping it would drop then. And it was like, well, oh well. Oh, yeah, because in this episode also there was the what's poppin' where I was desperately trying to figure out how to turn off my Wi-Fi. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, well, I guess ghosts don't exist. Huh, how about that? What a shocker. I wish I had like a speaking of the shocker right now, but I don't. Hmm. Have we discussed the shocker on the show? Define. You don't know what the shocker? Oh, come on. Well, it depends on which shocker you're talking about. I'm talking about the obscene hand gesture. <laughs> okay. I was hoping that you weren't talking about the obscene hand gesture, but yeah, I've been in a Spencer's Gifts. Are those on Spencer's Gifts now? I mean, they definitely were. Stunning. That's the kind of thing, when I see people mad about the shocker, which some people definitely are. <laughs> Wait, hold on. What? <laughs> Where are you that people are just talking about the shocker? Oh, you never go to the shocker forums? <laughs> I mean, not the ones you're talking about. <laughs> it seems like it is a validly offensive gesture that makes some people mad, but now is just firmly in the category of trolling people, right? Well, what? Is there a shocker emoji? No, I don't think so. Although it wouldn't be hard to make one. Get on it, Apple. Here's the question I, I'm trying to get to. Do you find that gesture offensive or is it just so stupid that you couldn't possibly care? I've never been in a situation where I've seen anyone make the hand gesture in real life. I am not kidding when I say I've only ever encountered it in a Spencer's Gifts or any other place that has bad shirts. Well, I guess this is the difference between someone who's been to a Steel Panther concert and someone who hasn't. Ah, uh, yes. I guess that makes sense. Yeah, it's part of that band's, like, thing. Right. My point in saying this was it's the kind of thing that, like, I was taking it serious. Like, I'm not defending it exactly, but it's so consciously trolly. This truly sounds like you have invented a problem. Yeah, I guess I have. I think I'm hitting all the bases here because I'm going to make some people mad by talking about it. And I otherwise wouldn't have. So I really just, like, I'm just not doing myself any favors. I don't know where I'm going with this. I don't mean to further dig into this, but I have a specific joke to make, you know, Steel Panther known for making some 
controversial uh, pedals. Uh-huh. Do they have a shocker pedal with two inputs and one output? Oh, they should. That's a very good idea. Come on, guys. That one's free. Yeah. And you could just go, yeah, call it the shocker. That's great. Yeah, it's the shocker. All right. Great. Well. <laughs> very cool. Check that off your late night bingo, everybody. We half-heartedly <laughs> talked about the shocker. <laughs> Well, you know what the best part of this is now? This means people who did not know what that was and were blissfully unaware now are... Uh... Can I tell you what my big revelation when I realized this about the shocker was? <laughs> we're still talking about this. Going. All right. Make, 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 look at your hand. Make the shocker gesture. I've hand. been making the gesture this entire time. Okay. Now look at this. Watch this. Your mind's about to be blown. <laughs> this is the combination of a middle finger... With the fist of metal, the rock on, you know, index oh finger and pinky God. finger, the horns of the devil. Wow. For the shocker, you take the devil horns with the middle finger and you put them together. You get the shocker. If you're in public, folks, listening to this, be sure to do this visibly with both hands in front of everyone. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? That'll answer your question. So this is like, it's the combination of rock on and fuck you, right? Yes. Pretty sick. Great. All right. Moving on. Next best of, I think it's time we went back to this Alpha Rad episode. Which, honestly, there were so many bits in the episode that could have ended up in this one. Um, lots of honorable mentions, notably. Oh, yeah. Angry Birds. Extended <laughs> Angry Birds piss play discussion. You know, I got a really nice email this week from someone from my past like 12 years ago past, who mentioned, you know, finding me, Googling me. It's really, really wonderful email and interaction. But it's in moments like those where just a really beautiful soul who I knew when I was a child totally has looked at my online presence. Cool. And it's just moments like these that really make me feel like I am sorry. <laughs> anyway, Alpharad clips. Boom. Are you familiar with the Lorax? Of course. Yeah, I was on Tumblr at peak Lorax. Yeah, okay, so you know where I'm going with I, this. I do not know where you're going with this. I do, I do. Let's go. Do you remember the Onceler? Yes, I do, of course. So let's say that you're on Tumblr and you want to create a ship dynamic with the Onceler. Who would you ship him with? Is it in the book or is it in a separate book? Yeah, who... Would you ship Onceler with within the universe of the Lorax? I mean, I would assume the Lorax itself. Well, think of like a more human character. I'm trying to remember who else is in the fucking Lorax book. <laughs> um, let's see. Is it a tree stump? No, it's a human. Also, Brian, are you aware of the animated Lorax film? I'm aware of it, but I've never seen it. With Danny DeVito as the Lorax, right? Yeah, wow. Everything else about... That has overshadowed the fact that Danny DeVito was the... Oh, you could put him in a relation with a truffula tree. No, it's a human. Is it Dr. Seuss who appears? Nope, not in the book. You are naming so many better pairings right now. Is there a child in the book? Nope. Okay, <laughs> nope. that's good. That's good. <laughs> who are the... Oh, is it the narrator of the Lorax? Uh-uh. Who do you think are all the human characters in the Lorax? Is it the Onceler? Is the Onceler a human? Yeah. Okay. Is there a Twiceler? (laughs) (laughs) 
So uh pack it in, guys. That's the best. <laughs> That's all. Uh but to be fair, I have no idea why that was funny, what I just said, but <laughs> just type in Onceler X on Google and let autofill do the rest. All right. Happy to do it. Here we go. It's the Onceler himself. Onceler X Onceler. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> The fact that no one not once made the Twiceler joke, because <laughs> that's so good. By the way, the things that show up are Onceler X Onceler, Onceler X Dream, and Onceler X Reader. I really like Onceler X Reader. That's great. First of all, the Onceler is human. That's that's news to me. Yeah, how could no one have called that the Twiceler? That's insane. That's so obvious, right? You can lead the movement. You can... Be the change you want to see in the world. Oh, I see. When I Google image search this, the first thing that comes up is people also ask, what is one-cest? Yeah. So we've arrived at the one-cest. Okay. Brian, imagine this moment on Tumblr around the time where, what's that terrible movie? Uh, the Guardians with the sexy Jack Frost that everybody was into? The Polar Express. <laughs> Are you talking about uh, Legend of the Guardians, the Owls of Gahul? <laughs> I wish I was. Okay, it's great. the one where Alec Baldwin is tatted Santa Claus. Oh, boss baby. Yeah, that's the one. Anyway, so the Lorax comes out. For some reason, everyone really wants to fuck the Onceler, who, again, Ed Helms. Suddenly, everyone on Tumblr is thirsty for Ed Helms, question mark? Ed Helms is playing the Onceler. Yes. And then there's, like, he has his song, which is a pretty good villain song. But people gift the shit out of that song and then, like, did the thing that they do where they slow it down so it's, like, ooh, sexy. Oh, hold on. Just to say, in the book, you only see, like, the Onceler's, like, arm or something, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, but the movie, they really give you something to write home about. Yeah. All right. To write some fan fiction about. A sexy villain song. Yeah, yeah. There's, like, an archetype of sexy Tumblr Batman that Onceler became. That seems about right, right? Yeah, that's basically it. People latched onto this, and in absence of any other human character to ship the Onceler with, it became shipping the Onceler with himself. But it's not that interesting if you're only shipping regular Onceler and the other regular Onceler. No, that's not going to work at all. So instead, everyone invented permutations of the Onceler so that they would have more Oncelers to ship the Onceler with. And there were so many... People would create ask blogs where they would cosplay or do art or write things. Are you watching Onceler porn, Brian? No, but I'm going to search for Onceler X Brian Wecht. Hmm. Do you want to wish that into the universe? I want to <laughs> see if it exists. Because you're hours away from it existing. Yeah, truly. No, I'm sure. It doesn't look like it's there. Leighton, are you aware of the newest Tumblr sexy men? Ooh. Of Willy Wonka? Oh, like Timothy Chalamet Willy Wonka? Yeah. Oh, come on. <laughs> Haven't we had enough? <sighs> I did search for Onceler X Ninja Sex Party and nothing is coming up, so that's good. That's really depressing. Anyway, all this was building up to me. There's a long <laughs> list of different Onceler ask blogs, and here's just a fun little master list of what all the different uh, types of Onceler there were. All right, I'm definitely going to click on this. What the fuck? <laughs> There is wow. so much here. I like how this list showcases which ones are inactive, which means that there's a <laughs> shocking amount of active ones. What's a Greedler? 
What is a Greedler? <laughs> Tell me what a Greedler is. Hold on. My, I think my favorite one is Ask Smokler, parentheses, his factory caught fire. Chemicals and cigar smoke have mutated his insides. Needs to smoke more cigars or he will die. <laughs> I like that some of these are designated as AU. Yeah. Because I don't think one says is technically canon. I seem to recall some video of somebody asking Ed Helms about it and him being extremely uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Ask Dr. Horribler. So it's oh, no. a Dr. Horrible. Oh, okay, wow. no. Oh, oh here, no. yeah. Here's a, I'm looking at the, I'm looking at those two, the crossovers. Of course, there's a 50 shades. That's good. Expected even. Dr. Who. Yes. Well, Nightmare Before Christmas. Very obvious. There's a Donnie Darko one. That's very interesting. What? Uh, Portal. Okay. Interesting. Star Wars. Sure. Wally. Didn't expect that. Oh, I see the nationalities section, and I'm sure all of those are extremely sensitive. Oh, no. And tasteful. <laughs> oh, there's a Sweeney Todd crossover. Now that is interesting. Ask fashion designer once. It's called The Worst Pies in Greenville. I like how they didn't get creative with the Fifty Shades one, and it's just titled Fifty Shades of Onceler. Yeah. I mean, that basically describes the list that we're looking at right now. It is Fifty Shades of Onceler. There are many more shades of Wunsler than 50. Oh, there's one that talks in Leet, the Leetler. <laughs> <laughs> the Don Wunsler, Mafia Wunsler. Holy shit. I'll make you an offer you can't refuse. Well, I was going to say, is there a Sopranos crossover? That would be fun. <laughs> this is going to be reductive. But are the people making this generally high schoolers? Or... You guys probably know more about the Tumblr demographics than I do. This is people with a lot of time on their hands, which generally slants towards teenagers. Yeah. Th this is teens, maybe early 20s people making this, right? I say that without judgment. I'm just more curious. Yeah. Wow. How long is this? Art? Jesus Christ, Layden. It keeps going, right? Why is there a section here called Audrey? Is there a character named Audrey? Taylor Swift is in the movie, and I think that might be her character's name. Okay. So, yeah, that's the one slur. That's one cest for you. Wow. All right. Moving on. Next clip comes from the earliest episode we have in this best of, episode 48, with... Is it a Jarek episode? Oh, sorry. You're right. It is a Jarek episode. Hi, Jarek. Hi, Jarek. And we were talking about bad reviews. Someone, maybe you, Leighton, had an idea for a segment called Bad Review, Fuck You. That was all Jarek, baby. That was Jarek's. Okay, sweet. And I read some early reviews of uh, an SP album. So here we go. So circling back around to Bad Reviews, Fuck You, when you first said it, what came to mind was reading one-star reviews for like objectively good things on like IMDb. Like, yes. Like unassailably good movies. Yes. People giving one star. Like let's say a David Lynch movie or something. I like that. Well, I want to see what our bad reviews are. I don't see an easy way of seeing this. Uh, yeah, because there's almost none of them because this is such a good show as evidenced by 36 minutes of <laughs> all of us not knowing what we're talking about. Oh, this one is from like last week. Oh, shit. We got a new one? January 8th. I'm on Apple Podcasts looking at our reviews. Oh, for us? Yeah. This show is okay. <laughs> I love both hosts. Yay. But as a full-time listener, something about the show has changed. I'm unfunny. And I think it means it's, but they say I'm unfunny and the jokes and interviews no longer interest me or hold my attention. I'm still listening passively from the sidelines, but the show kind of feels like the same thing each episode. Perfect fit for others. But for this boy, it's a sweater I've only worn twice. 
in a closet of clothes I love to wear. I mean, okay, sure. That's a respectable negative review, and I, I respect it. I'm not going to dunk on this person. I like that last line. That's a good little uh, metaphor there. That's fair, saying it's not for me. I mean, the same thing over and over I might take issue with, but whatever. Like, you're entitled to your opinion. This one is much better. It's from uh, a year ago, and it just says, not very good. One star. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one that stood out in my mind. <laughs> not very good. A month in. <laughs> I love it. I think that was a review of our first episode, maybe. Bad review, fuck you, is, uh, I don't know about this bit. It seems like people really like this show, and that's great. Was this a roundabout humblebrag? Yeah. Let me see if I can find some bad NSP reviews. All right, this is a review of our album, NSFW. It's one star. The review is entitled OSFI, and then in parentheses, the person writes, only safe for idiots. (laughs) It's not even the outrageously bad and over-sexualized lyrics that are so offensive, but the fact that the music sounds like it comes straight from a 1980s cartoon theme. Uh, yeah, that's the point. (laughs) Does everything have to be turned into something dirty to try to get a laugh? NSP is not humorous, entertaining, or original in any way. This album is like the extreme discomfort of brain freeze and overly sensitive teeth while eating some cheap ice cream from a fast food joint. I'm guessing fans must be 12-year-old boys, guys that still have the intellect of 12-year-old boys, or hipsters (laughs) that think it's sarcastically cool to like something so lame. Wow. Only Safe for Idiots is, I gotta hand it to them. That's pretty great. Yeah. I would look up bad reviews of Dream Daddy, but I have seen enough of those for my entire lifetime. Can read you guys the 18 page open letter from the community that we got a long time ago that I won't read. I was going through my uh, Twitter DMs with Vernon from 2017, right after the game came out. And what a portal into abject anxiety and misery. <laughs> oh, I bet. It's just like, hey, tomorrow will be better. 24 hours later, I just woke up to a lot of people yelling at me. <laughs> that must be awful. There's bad reviews and there's people getting mad about stuff. Well, people getting mad at you personally. Yes. It's fun. Let's assassinate my character while we're at it. Let's go. (laughs) I really like when people give a bad review and everything they say is essentially positive. Or like the intended effect of the art. Yeah. Like it sounds like 1980s cartoon theme. Yeah. Kind of what we were going for. (laughs) All I'm really learning from this is that fans are generally really kind and awesome. Now I really want to know that person who stopped listening because something had changed. Did they come back? Well, that's a good question. Yeah, if you're listening to this now. Did we get worse? I don't know. This is an entreaty to whoever left that review. If you are somehow still listening, I don't know. Tell us your thoughts. Unless they're critical, in which case don't. If it's praise, lavish it upon us. If your stance has not changed, then please see the title of the segment that was proposed. <laughs> All right. Moving on. Our next clip, I should say, comes from episode 70 with guest George Robb, one of my favorite people, really talented musician, podcaster. And I got to read a really fun wedding request that was sent to the Ninja Sex Party email. And here we go. Speaking of gigs, I want to read you guys an email that we got recently. This was pretty next level, and I've been thinking about it a lot. I'm going to edit out a lot of details. So this was sent to the Ninja Sex Party email. Wait, what's the subject line? You know what? Thank you for asking. (laughs) The subject line is actually really, really great. Okay. So the subject line is wedding in 
location <laughs> redacted plus XP, meaning experience points, free food and drink and $2 signs. All right. So now here's the body of the email. Hello. My name is name and I would like to negotiate NSP for doing a four hour performance. Time can be negotiated at a wedding on date in location. Ninja Sex Party is the wish list performer for the bride and groom. My offers include, here's what she's leading with, material for a new song, new in all caps. I don't want to give too much away, but this wedding is absolutely in sync with NSP's theme and music. This wedding will absolutely water the pump for NSP's creativity and international appeal. <laughs> Go on. All members of the band and crew are invited and encouraged to enjoy the party during their breaks and after the performance. There'll be both alcoholic and non-alcoholic beverages, along with a generous vegan and meat menu. Vegan options will be prepared and cooked on separate surfaces from the meat. All right, that's it. That's the offer. Caveats. Price for NSP needs to be discussed. The bride and groom aren't expecting a free performance, but they are in a budget. Price does need to be negotiated and signed before any other agreement is made. Hotel accommodations will not be provided. <laughs> NSP will have the option of camping out in location, but the site is rough, meaning that there are no septic or water stations <laughs> on site for trailers. I can reserve and negotiate a decently priced set of rooms at a hotel 30 miles away from the location. <laughs> if NSP does choose the hotel, I require a signed agreement along with the size of their group 90 days in advance. Thank you for your consideration. That's now, obviously, George, you have literally infinitely more experience playing weddings than I do. That's fucking nuts, right? What a deal. You have to come up with an offer, which is just insane. You're like, okay, $385,000. I mean, we're not going to write that person back, but. You've presented a very appealing offer, and we are super interested to go camp. That's right, no yeah. <laughs> well, somehow they found something worse than offering it for exposure. They offered it for experience points. Right. And international appeal? Yeah. Any co-writing offer on a gig, like we're going we're gonna to write <laughs> songs with you, basically. We're going to provide you material and that'll bring the price down. Right. That's, that's a new one. That's yeah. pretty fantastic. There's a whole record there, I think, you know, on some yeah. level. <laughs> you know, so maybe they're not wrong is what you're saying. Speaking of shacks, that <laughs> might be kind of perfect, you know. I know that you can't say where it is, but how far away is the place that they want you to? Are you flying? No, it would be like a long drive from L.A. It's like the woods somewhere in California. Mm. This sounds like a great way to get murdered. Yeah, well, the other thing is clearly they're big fans. Right. And, I mean, the last thing you want to do is, like, disappoint people who really like what you do anyway. I, I think the person who was writing us, she's clearly not one of the people getting married. But, oh, my God. It's amazing how the separation, the disparity between what people perceive to be, you know, costs incurred at something, what they actually are. Like, there's such a cluelessness sometimes. Like, do you have any concept of what this would cost? Yeah. This thing that you want? Four-hour <laughs> set. I mean, look, when we put out an album... They're comedy albums. They're like half an hour. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, a typical concert length thing for us, our set is at most an hour and a half. Yeah. Max. Yeah. Also, half our band lives in Canada. So just for the record. <laughs> you know. Yeah. And also, like, 
I don't understand the appeal of wanting to have like a quote unquote celebrity at your wedding. Like, isn't that going to overshadow? I'm sorry to call you a quote unquote celebrity. (laughs) I prefer the phrase D-lister. Yeah. So update, we played the wedding and, you know, now we have so much material for a new song. That's great. What's the song called? It's called Why We Don't Play Weddings. (laughs) And it's all about why we don't like to play weddings that are in the middle of nowhere for no money. You should actually make that song and then automatically respond with a broken CD to any wedding request just with a track of that song. Actually, that's a pretty awesome move. And it's like, we dare you to actually play this at your wedding if you so choose. Yeah, we would have had NSP, but here's why they don't play weddings. We actually, we just got a very aggressive email also to NSP. It was one of those classic like, dear Dan, oh, also, I guess the other guy too. <laughs> emails, which we get literally all the time. Of course. We, we, I don't think I told you this. We got one recently, which was addressed to my favorite musician, parentheses, and Brian. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Well, nice. Not responding to those. But the the email we got recently was someone who said they were upset that we hadn't covered a song and demanded that we send them merch to make up for it. Clearly trying to be funny, but it came across so aggressive that it just really went way over the line. So I take it you're not going to send me any uh, merch or cover the song? No. The answer is no and no. Shit. Also, you can just text me rather than email me. They did include full URLs for all the merch they wanted. I'm going to text this to you. This is just bad email etiquette. Look at this. Imagine getting this email. Here's the list of merch. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Wow. So everything? Everything. Full URLs. No like hypertext. No thank you. Not here. Just like dump those URLs in. (sighs) Now, speaking of hypertext, I have some... Yes? Dreams to tell I don't know. I, I thought I thought I could come up with something. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's it's late. I'm loose. Uh, you know. <laughs> it's four p.m. Yeah. Well, it's late for me. I go to bed at three o'clock every day. It's basically midnight. It's basically midnight. In our latest episode with Jory, I guess not quite our latest, but pretty close. I shared a really sweet and tender dream I had with you and Jory, which. I still think about all the time. This is definitely one that plays better on video, but I still think the audio is worth listening to. So fuck it. We're going to play this clip. All right. So this is from episode 93 with special guest, third time guest, Jory Griffiths. Here we go. Uh, Sorry. The dream sequence reminds me. Can I relate to you a dream I had last night? Jesus Christ. We're we're not even at episode 100 and we're already at like... Brian's dream corner. Okay, but this one I think you'll like. The man is opening his heart here. This is a dream. No, well, when you you see it. He's allowed. Let's see if I can uh, accurately uh, uh, retell this. So, okay. In In this dream, I am hanging out with the cast of Always Sunny in Philadelphia. And, uh, which is a show I, I like a lot, but don't watch that frequently. Why? Taking it notes here for Jory's hot take corner. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can almost guarantee you that I'm not going to tell this story in an interesting way. Uh, oh, so, we knew that. 
we are near the, I guess, brownstone apartment of a friend of mine and Rachel's. Now, this guy lives in, in Minneapolis. I've been to his family's house where he lives. It looks nothing like this. This is a, a house kind of in uh, in the dream. The house is like a brownstone in Brooklyn or New York or something like that. Uh, but I am hanging out with the Always Sunny cast, and we're near his place. Now, for some reason, there's a big pipe sticking out of the ground kind of around the corner. And Charlie says, I'm going to fuck that. I'm going to fuck that pipe. And, uh, of course, Frank is like, yeah, Charlie, let's go fuck the pipe. Everyone wants to fuck the pipe. So the entire cast, everybody, uh, starts to uh, create a plan to go fuck this pipe. Long story short, they fuck the pipe. How and large is the opening on the pipe? It is, is there like, an opening at all? Am I just projecting it's a, that there's an opening? pipe sticking out of the ground, like kind of a PVC tube. And it's like, I'd say... Uh, nine inches or so in diameter. It's big. It's big. It, it's not a thing that you would look at and think that's a fuckable sized <laughs> thing, right? Of course. Are, in the dream, are uh, you judging them for this? I'm part of the caper. I'm in on it. Like I, I, I'm. I'm you're you're fucking the pipe. Prepared to fuck the pipe. <laughs> no, 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 no. To be clear, Joy, I'm not fucking the pipe. I am aiding and abetting the pipe fucking. Okay? So uh, they fuck yeah, the pipe. There's, there's that classic expression. Who was it? Uh, uh, was this like, uh, like Truman or something? Who said the only thing that must happen for pipes to get fucked is for good men to do nothing? Is that what it was? <laughs> yes, Truman from the Truman Show. That's right. Uh, the uh, So, okay. So they fucked this pipe somehow. I don't really recall the details. But the point is, this is somehow connected to, like, the sewer or whatever. And it causes a massive uh, flood within the house. So basically, the house blows up with water. The pipe gets fucked. My friend's house blows up with water. By the way, this is definitely one of those things where I don't know how I knew it was his house. He was not there. No one was around. There was no connect. There weren't like pictures of him on the wall. Yeah. It's just I knew in my mind this is this it. is my bud's house. That could only be communicated in like a dream or a novel. Like yes. in a novel you could have the interiority to explain that, but otherwise like how would yeah. you explain visually? That's so funny. Yeah. Okay, but here's where it gets weird. Okay, so uh, the house is now exploded with water, and uh, it is uh, it, it's covered, it's soaked, including like the we, 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 we somehow walk in the house. I guess the door blew off. I don't remember. So we walk into the house. This house is soaked with water, and we walk into the back like garden kind of backyard of of this place, and there are like dead slugs and stuff all over the ground, which I guess have been blown up by the pipe or whatever. Now, also, in, like, kind of in the water, did you, there is... I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you off or to... Yeah, no, please. Did you feel guilty about the slugs? I, I, I picked one up in the dream, and I was like, oh, great. And it was real big. It was, like, kind of like banana slug size, like, real okay. big. But it looked like a normal slug. It was, but it was, it was one of, like, those... You know those giant African snails? Oh, of course, yeah. Season, but like, that size. Damn. Um, so I'm looking around. Now, in the water, kind of slithering up a wall, is in, like, neon pen, a cartoon drawing of a cat's face in... In like an outline, it's like a line drawing, okay. Mm. And this thing is singing a song, which is like, "I'm the kitty, I'm the kitty, I'm the kitty, I'm the kitty." The Always Sunny crew sees this, and they're like, "Fucking run, get out of here, fuck! Oh, fuck! It's back!" And uh, we 
sense the presence of pure evil in this neon line drawing of a cat's face that's singing this. Brian, kitty, that's delightful. Right? Yeah, this is incredible. I'm Brian, you caught song. a big fish. Uh, right? And here's where I fucked it up. I, somewhere as we're running in fear out of this house, that's when I wake up. And I have this song, the I'm the kitty, I'm the kitty song in my head to the extent where like I could have sung it into my phone just then and gotten it down. Um, it was very, very clear with the melody. And I remember waking up and thinking, where did I hear that song? Oh shit, that's the fucking cat face from the dream. <laughs> All right. And I wish the place I fucked it up is I should have immediately hit record on that phone and sung it in. Cause I was, I was awake at this point. This is like 6 AM. So I'm about to wake up anyway. It was one of those things where you wake up right before your alarm's about to go off. But the, I'm sure had I sung it to you as it actually was, it would have sounded like a totally normal song. But what I cannot convey is the the pure dread that <laughs> accompanied this. This is like, oh my God, what, there's, what, there's a, a, a movie. Uh, no, okay, no. This is this is the Winkies moment from. Hmm. Uh, Mulholland Drive that I'm trying to convey to you that when they're in the Winkies and they're you know the the kind of the music starts and it gets real weird. It's getting sweatier and sweatier. That, yeah, that that uh, Patrick Fischler like. I'm so impressed you remembered his name. I would have never. No, I, I yeah. love him. He's a great actor. He's uh, great. One of the great faces of all time. Absolutely. Uh, and uh, yeah, that was the vibe when they saw this cat face. It was like, fuck, we are fucked. Could you possibly, do you have a piece of paper near you? Could you possibly draw an approximation of this cat? Yeah, give me a second. I can't do the colors. That's fine. But give me a second. It's just, you know, we need a picture for this episode for socials, and I feel like that would be a good one. I mean, because I want to see the cat, and it would be cool to see. That rips. I, th I think that is so strong. Uh, All right, hold on. Uh, yeah, I, right I fucking Did love that. I actually, in order to roast you, hit the stopwatch on my desk to see how long it took you to tell that dream story, which about a cool six minutes. But I, the, it was I added good like another minute it. to that easy. I think it was very yeah. concise. What, was it worth it? Yes, 100%. Okay, so Brian, oh, I love that that drawing ASMR. I hate great. it. Ugh, I think I think like dry marking tool on paper is like one of my absolute biggest like pet peeves. It's like napkins are worse, but like pencil or like marker that's like a little too dry, like a felt tip thing on paper, I I can't stand mm. it. That noise is the worst to me. That's very that's interesting. That's exactly what I'm doing right now. I know, I can't I'm aware. Stand the like tactile sensation of a like completely analog non-mechanical pencil that's like not super sharpened and also has one of those disgusting erasers like that oh, experience Ooh. if it's oh, one of the ones if it's one of the ones with like the really pulpy wood and you've you've drawn with it so much that the wood is kind of actually there's spots where the wood will get in the way of the the pigment if you try to make a mark with it yes it's the absolute and mm -hmm. the squeak that that makes when it hits the paper makes me want to die it's the worst yeah yeah are you ready for the face of pure evil from my dream <laughs> this I'm right. so I, I need okay. a verbal yes I where, my, a verbal yes where my brain is at right now is that when you show this to me i am going to die <laughs> <laughs> I this am currently myself in a dreamlike state where this is going to annihilate me somehow. Okay. This is like yeah. the tape from the ring. Uh -huh. Here we go. Bring it on. <laughs> <laughs> I 
so much better than I hoped it would be. Yeah, that is perfect. That really does look like it was designed by a team of artists to perfectly encapsulate what you're saying. That's, I could that's... never, I could never draw a cat that didn't have the cat bifurcated mm -hmm. lip thing. And that it, that it doesn't, it just has a little smile is so insidious. I adore Will you it. Please show it again. Of course, I'll show it again. Well, no, part of this is the go. time. This is yes. the time where it's like the rabbit out of the hat trick from the Twilight Zone movie, yes, where he yes, shows yes. up, shows it again, Thank and you. it's a nasty Thank monster. You. That's exactly what it is. Uh, oh. Part part of me wanted to say, show what? <laughs> Here you go. It's so good. It's incredible. A uh, visual bit for an audio yeah. medium. Imagine that. So what it was, was it was like... Subscribe to our Patreon at any tier to get access to the video episode. <laughs> there was... This was like in neon pinks and purples, pretty much. And maybe some reds, too. But like very... Like when, when I say neon, I don't just mean the color neon. I mean, it looked like a neon sign. Like behind you? Uh, yes. Like behind me. Um, yeah. Anyway, that was my amazing dream. I love it. I, this is one of those things where I wish that I could like phone a friend, but my therapist who is a psychoanalyst and just be like, hey, doctor, therapist, mm -hmm. name, what, what's this mean? What's your take? Yeah, what does it mean? Um, I, I am definitely not, I, you know, b being uh, fully me here, I think dreams are just brain garbage and don't mean anything, generally speaking. <laughs> Uh, I don't know if that's actually true or not, but that's where I stand. And uh, what does it mean? What it means is... Uh, I, 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 I cannot suss out any coherent meaning from this. I don't hate cats. Let me just say that. Uh, I'm allergic to them. It's about uh, what the cat represents, Brian. Okay. I do, well, let me just be clear. I don't want to fuck a big pipe, okay? I do, I do want to have that on the record. So you did fuck the pipe in the dream? <laughs> no, thank J Jory. I believe I was clear about this. I did not, and I'm saying I don't. Yeah, now I think you were lying when you were clear about this, Brian. I think Freud would have some thoughts on that. <laughs> yeah, well, probably. Um, and Magritte probably would too. Yeah, uh, this is I think not it a pipe you know, that you fucked. Here's what it means. I, I like the joke, Clayton. I'm sorry I didn't get it. Thank well, you, thank you. Uh, I want to. Uh, I should go back and watch Always Sunny. It's been a. It's been a while. I think that's that's the meaning. I love that the Rippingtons cat has imprinted itself so strongly onto your brain. Oh God, why? <laughs> Just of all the fucking things, a goddamn Rippingtons cat. And now it's coming out in your dreams. I know, and I don't understand why. It's just odd. He's the kitty. I'm the kitty. I'm the kitty. I will tell you about that specific clip is that even though you said that like, you know, it's not actually the melody of the song that was very specific, I have had intermittently your version of the I'm the kitty song stuck in my head. I'm the kitty. I'm the kitty. I'm the kitty. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. I wish I could remember that. The evil you've unleashed upon this world. Yep. 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 Well, look, Layton, that's our best of 2021. Wait, hold on. No, it wasn't. Yes, it's not. There's another one from episode 88. We have not played. Didn't we play that already? Yeah, you did. We did the uh, M, comma, Ilf. We didn't play the other one? Are you sure? I'm positive because I would have said something about it. Okay. I, I wrote it down on my list. Let's, yes. Well, well no. Okay. We, Jarek, if we didn't play it, <laughs> include this next part. <laughs> 
<laughs> and if we did, include this next part anyway, but don't play the clip again. <laughs> well. It, it's possible I just wrote it on my list of order in which we're doing these and then forgot about it. This is what happens when you don't fucking listen to them as we do it. It's exactly occupational hazard. It was the clip so nice, you had to play it twice. Lur. Fantastic. <sighs> that was a tilt on the pinball uh, machine of Layton, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, that, I learned a lot that day about myself and about the Lorax. Yes. <laughs> I think we have totally <laughs> run out of steam here. We did it. We recorded two episodes. Yep, it's been a long year. Everybody, listen, Happy New Year. You probably are going to be listening to this either the very last day of 2021 or perhaps on the first day or an early day in 2022. And listen, I hope you have an amazing 2022. Yes, I sincerely hope that regardless of how your 2021 went, the 2022 is much better. Yep, even though this next month is going to be who boy. Probably some shit's going down, but whatever. Okay. You didn't hear it from All me. Right. You didn't hear All it right. from me. We're tr- it's I'm fine. trying to end on like a nice, you know, I was hoping that we would be like, hey guys, thank you so much for joining us on this like wild and crazy journey. You know, I'm not going to say it like that because that would be minimizing the fact that I am legitimately grateful and glad that people enjoy this show and listen to it. And I think we have a really great community of very cool people who have kind of risen up around the show and thank you you're wonderful yeah hey guys thank you for joining us on this wild and crazy journey through the podcast wilderness <laughs> uh i i know layton <laughs> wouldn't ever express this sentiment but i appreciate you being here <laughs> and sticking with us uh, many of you have been here since the beginning and although layton it seems like you don't want to say it. I'm not afraid to express my thanks to everybody who's who's listened to this show at any point from the beginning, you know, whether you're there from episode one or you just started listening to it. I appreciate you being here for us, and I've been having a great time doing it. So thank you for yeah. joining us on this wild and crazy and journey. thank you, Brian, for joining me on this wild and crazy journey. Wow. It has been nothing but a pleasure. It's true, Layton. Thank you. It, it really has been. And here's to another six episodes before we call it quits. <laughs> Don't say that. People are going to believe you. Yeah, that's not on me. Look, I do want to say, just to finish, if I offended anybody <laughs> with that thing about six more episodes, then... I'm sorry that your feelings got hurt (laughs) and it is 2021 and you just can't say anything anymore. We can't express our views the way we once could. The thing about this apology is that you do this apology every week and you do a really big buildup about the apology every week because it really is the greatest apology that you've ever heard in your life. Always. That's what I do. So I do want to say that, you know, I'm just asking questions about... (laughs) how things are supposed to go. I don't have answers. I'm not the guy with answers. I'm not here to bring you answers. I'm just here to ask questions about the what ifs, the why fours, the how tos, the when ofs, all, 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 all the classic interrogation types. And if that's too deep for you, if that tickles your mind in a way that is uncomfortable, then I'm sorry your feelings got hurt. But that's not on me. 
<laughs> and I'm sorry, ultimately, if you can't handle it. This is the worst way to end the year. <laughs> yes, with a classic, aggressive non-apology. <laughs> what do we do well on the show? We dig ourselves deeper into the holes we created. And we hope so. that you also are digging deeper into your own holes this holiday season. That's right. The Joe Rogan Podcast is now available exclusively <laughs> on Spotify. <laughs> Uh, stay safe, come hard, or whatever the fuck. Goodbye. Bye. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Late Night is produced by Brian Wecht, Leighton Gray, and Jarek Centeno. Follow us on Twitter at Leighton Night, on Instagram at Leighton underscore Night, or email us at LeightonNight at gmail.com. <laughs>